Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast and Happy New Year to you, everybody. I'm Greg Mahachko and it, by gosh, feels good to have the tripod back in full force. Haas Reuter is here, John Dam Johnston is here, and gentlemen, my heart is full tonight. Can you feel it's the love? I can feel the love, and John, I'm not sure what you said, but I feel like you were making fun of me. I said it's full of what? I said it's, it, it, that's a good point. I didn't really specify. Let's just, oh, you did. Let's just assume that I was being positive. It's full of uh, glee. Bliss. It, it's full of bliss, yes. Uh, happy to be reunited with my, my brothers of the five heart. And uh, it's been it's been a while, uh, Hoss. How is how the holidays treat you? Um, the holiday portion was good, except for I spent from December twenty third through December thirtieth with probably the worst cold I've ever had in my entire life. Well, I don't advise that. It was fucking awful. John. Yes. How how was your Christmas? Oh, was Father one- Time yourself. It, it was wonderful. Uh, I have my children here with their significant others, and we had a good old time and opened tons of presents. And uh, and everybody was, you know, well and healthy, and you can't ask for more. And you're here, here. Agreed. And and then Rotten Son got the best by gosh Christmas present of all when Minnesota beat Auburn in the Outback Bowl. They did kind of stomp the shit out of them. I, I, they that, won by seven. No, they, they – you come on. You're a football guy. They dominated their offensive line. Crushed. I wasn't, I wasn't watching. To be fair, they, I wasn't watching. So you know what? I was watching Michigan-Alabama. Minnesota's offensive line really just beat the shit out of Auburn. They really did. That's impressive because Auburn's defensive front's been one of the better ones in college football the past few years, especially with – uh, that nose guard they have, Danny Brown or Derek Brown, can't remember his first name. Yeah, they name. tried to move him around, and Minnesota just ran around him. Right? You know, we move him to the left side, and Minnesota would run to the right. Watching Minnesota's offensive lines, like watching those old Denver Broncos O lines back in the day under Mike Shanahan, inside outside zone, just bears on parade, and their offensive line is really athletic and really strong. They didn't even have Falele, their four hundred pound dude. He was out. The big unit. I, yeah, I do feel like the Big Ten got the uh, short end of the stick in that game because if you remember the Outback Bowl stipulation, if uh, if the SEC uh, team, you know, as the commercials play through the game, if the SEC team uh, wins, then it's blooming onions for all. But if uh, the Big Ten team wins, it's coconut shrimp. And I just feel like. The Big Ten's that's fucked up. Yeah, that, that's not right. The, I, 
I would have look. I've never eaten at an Outback. Um, really? I've never had. Uh, there's one. It's expensive, know, but GD, it's good. I mean, there's the one that, that's not terribly far away, but I don't know. It's just. I feel like if I'm going to go to a steakhouse, are you a Chili's guy? Not so much. I mean, I've I've been there. I've got some good memories of going to Chili's with the guys. Um, for the longest time, it was when we lived in our our previous uh, address, previous town. There was an Applebee's in town, so that's kind of where we went. Um, uh, I know, town America. Yeah, that's right. Um, but now it's you know we we've diversified our restaurant portfolio a little bit. We had uh, a night to ourselves, an evening, I should say, to ourselves, uh, back earlier in uh, December where my mom and dad watched uh, our son, and my wife and I went to a uh, a fancy steakhouse. It's so nice and so historic that uh, you can actually go to the store and buy their steak sauce. Uh, It's called Andrea's in O'Fallon, Illinois. Give them a shout. And I think you can find their uh, steak sauce in uh, grocery stores in your neck of the woods. I don't know. I found it out once at the Safeway in Shadron. Uh, but we went there, and even with uh, the, the gift certificate that was a gift uh, for my wife's graduation, uh, that that was a $100 gift certificate, just the two of us with uh, our, our meals, our drinks, and dessert, we still had to pay more than the gift certificate. Uh, so that was, it was, you know, one of those types of places. They like take your coat at the beginning when you walk okay. in the door. Um, Do you have to wear a tie. I don't think you have to, and I can't remember if I did, but we definitely dressed up a little bit. So it was nice. It was a nice, quiet, you know, meal without the sun. So. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't worn a tie in probably 20 years. I love wearing ties. I don't like wearing ties. I feel like I'm being strangled. Yeah. I Here's the thing. Growing up, I Buy always... The man. What's that, John? By the man. No, I mean, I just have a thick neck, so wearing a tie feels like I'm being strangled. I... I just I never liked wearing yeah, clip on ties. That geek like John probably wouldn't know much about that. Yeah, you you know what? You, you, the key is is to actually not tighten it so much. You're choking yourself. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Better. I probably just need to get a bigger size dress shirt. It's always a struggle to get that top button buttoned. Yeah, or maybe you can lose some weight. Ooh, ow, whoa, hey, fella. Two oh three. 32-inch waist. I'm in pretty good shape. I, I uh, When I was in the car sales game, every Friday uh, was Friday tie day. And so, uh, you know, I have, have a different tie, tie bar. It was a good time. Good time in the car sales game. Less back pain. Good times. So, uh... Talk football? Yeah, let's talk a little football. Um... It is, we're actually recording this on a Friday night, which is pretty rare for the Five Heart Podcast, but it did allow for at least a little bit of news uh, to trickle down, and that is that uh, uh, the Nebraska Cornhusker football team and Maurice Washington have parted ways. You can, uh, I, I, that's the, 
you know, the WWE version of that is that uh, University of Nebraska uh, fo- uh, Cornhusker football team wishes Maurice Washington the best in his future endeavors. Uh, but you can glean from that what you will. Uh, but uh, it is expected that uh, Washington will enter the transfer portal. Nothing really unexpected about this, I don't think, John. Uh, it's just a matter of time based on everything that's happened in the last uh, six or so months. Yeah, it was uh, pretty much the shortest release that I can remember ever getting from Nebraska's athletic department. The Nebraska football program announced today that running back Maurice Washington has been dismissed from the Husker team. Washington is expected to enter the NCAA transfer portal soon. That was it, which is good. You know what? This is good. I did you know, nobody has to ask any more questions about this. We can just say ah, goodbye, Mo, and just go on with our lives now. And not really you know, give a shit about what happened. Even though, you know, he's no longer part of the program, I hope I hope the kid goes on to find success somewhere and gets his life sorted out. Because right now, I mean, the way his pattern of decision-making being what it is, you know, it could lead to some pretty bad bad spots in life for him. I hope he gets it figured out and goes on to be successful in whatever he does, whether it's in football or just getting a four-year degree and working a well, career afterwards. It's, it, of course, he's from California, and that's where uh, you know he's spent a lot of a significant amount of time you know, in this past fall, or let's just say in 2019, uh, you know, going back and forth from Lincoln to uh, you know, his home area, uh, you know, for, for court and things like that. And that continues to be, you know, pushed back and pushed back and continuances and continuances. And, and I'm no legal expert. I, that's just, you know, the, the word I, I read. Um, but my guess is he probably goes back home, you know, somewhere closer to home. Does he not? I mean, uh, he, yeah, I, I would, I would assume that he probably goes, Maybe I could. See, he's from Stockton, California, so I could see like a Fresno State. But he's that's kind of the kind of kid who maybe doesn't need to be close to home. You know, it's maybe he needs to be away from home just so he doesn't fall into the trappings of familiarity. Whether it's you know running with the wrong crowd from people that he grew up with, or just getting into trouble, you know, and, or just getting complacent because he's familiar with his surroundings. You know, it's kind of, he's the kind of kid who needs a support system, but he also needs to kind of stretch himself beyond his comfort zone. Well, that was at least the, the former, uh, or yeah, the former part of your, your, uh, last line there and correct me if I'm wrong, but that was kind of the, uh, I'm going to say rap, but I don't mean that in any negative way, but with, uh, Lawrence Phillips, right? I mean, it, the, at least at yeah. the time, oh, Osborne thought that, you know, giving him the structure of football was going to be what was best for him, you know, at, at the time. And, and obviously, you know, his story is, you know, long, but too short, and, you know, tragic ending and things like that. But, uh, and obviously we don't want, you, you know, we don't want what Lawrence Phillips went through and especially his ending. We don't want that to be any anybody's you know story um if anything that should be the cautionary tale uh, so you're right you know maybe this is will be a nice little wake-up call for washington and uh you know hopefully like you said hoss a, a uh 
a catalyst to some better uh, decisions going forward. Yeah. Um, I really hope that even though it's a negative thing, you know, he's parting ways with the program and the legal issues that he's, you know, currently going through, that something good comes out of it ultimately. That, you know, he finds some silver lining and, you know, finds the opportunity to kind of restart and start writing a new chapter of his life. I really sincerely hope that that's the case for him. John, any, any, uh, nope, I'm down with him. I, I wish him the best of luck too, but he's not part of us anymore. Goodbye. It, it is weird because hey, Jesus only saved 11 out of 12. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you know, Husker Twitter, not, not Nebraska's, you know, not Husker football's official Twitter, but you know, just fans. Hashtag Husker Twitter. Yeah, there we go. Uh, you know, some, some of them were, you know, Despite how it ended, I'll always, you know, you'll always have a fan in me and things like that. And uh, again, there's, you know, I, I'm right there with both of you guys. Wish him well, but as John says, there's a pretty clear, you know, break now. You know, and, and uh, you know, like our friends uh, uh, from Van Eyes say, you know, in, in, in the Big Red Cobcast is the guy, the the, the people who are still. You know, when when uh, a commit, you know, changes their mind and, and goes from, you know, Nebraska to, you know, Oklahoma or Oregon or, or wherever, uh, I can't remember exactly the, the one uh, in particular, but, you know, then people say, oh, I'll still root for you, you know, because people on Twitter are crazy. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but, but you know, it's like, hey, it, very much like you guys said. They're not, you know, no offense to them. They're not a Husker anymore. They didn't. It's not like they were here, you know, three years and went to the NFL or four years or, you know, five years with the redshirt year and, and graduated. And, and, you know, there's there's once a Husker, always a Husker. And then there's I've changed my mind. I'm not a Husker anymore. You know, exactly. Like there are a few players that have decommitted here and gone elsewhere. That's like. You know they're great. They're going to be great players. So it's like I'll keep an eye on what they're doing throughout their college career. But I'm not going to be, you know, the world's biggest, you know, bookie Brendan Radley Hiles fan. You know, right. obviously it's like I hate Oklahoma and like he's, you know, I think but he made stupid. the decision for himself. He's an idiot you know? anyway. What's up? He's an idiot anyway. Oh yeah, I was trying to find a nicer way to say that because I was thinking of the uh, the cheap shot he took on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the college football playoff semifinal. And like, that had to be one of the worst plays in all of the bowl season. Oh yeah, that was that's a you do that to somebody out on the street, you're going to jail for assault. Yeah, and it's away from the play. Your your team looks like crap. You're being embarrassed, and that's Fake what you guy. choose to do. Fake tough guy. Yeah, it was terrible. You know, after after that play, I was like, slaughter Oklahoma. Bury them into the ground. Burn them. Make them feel bad about themselves. Have blood come out of their eyeballs instead of tears. That's how I feel about Oklahoma all the time. Is it? Oh, I yeah, hate I hate Oklahoma. But, wow. but what that leaves us with, and I'm kind of glad we we're getting to that point, is we're having another – College football, 
playoff championship that's Clemson versus the SEC. Uh, I thought. Yeah, but it's LSU, so it's much more palatable. Agreed. I will give you that. Alabama is the worst. By the way. By the you know, down there on the bayou, we sure do love that crowd out gumbo. Go Tigers. I, uh, I I was uh, on my route today, and I was making a delivery to a uh, – you all have Car X's out where you're at? Car what? Car X. It's, you know, uh, just a, like a chain of, you know, like service shops. Uh-uh. All right. Uh-uh. Well, well th- this one here is called Car X, and there's a, a pickup truck on the lift – and I've never seen it. Like I've seen all kinds of, you know, uh, uh, merchandise and and uh, I, I, there's another word I want to use to uh, uh, licensed licensed merchandise things like that. But this is the first time I even remarked to the guy. I said, "Those sure do say University of Alabama Crimson Tide tires." Yeah, just black wall tires with white print University of Alabama Crimson Tide on the tires. Yeah. Yeah, be shitting me. Nope. He said, yeah. He said, these are about the third I've seen, or the third I know about. <laughs> I said, this That's, that's kind of sad. Yeah. I said, well, it's just another way for the university to make money, I guess, you know, but assuming they're the ones making money. I don't know. But look, I love the Huskers. You go into a certain place and you don't have Alabama Crimson Tide tires on your car, bad things would happen to you. I guess. Yeah, it's like that Charlie Daniels song, Uneasy Rider. I just, you know, I like damn. I mean, you, you, you can put your fandom anywhere else. I don't really think you need it on your tires. Well, it's like my stance on, like, I love Nebraska football. I would never, ever, ever own a red pickup truck. Ever. Yeah, neither would I. Yeah. My, I, mean, it's my, like, I would never even own a red car. Like, I just don't like the color red for a car, you know? Like, well, my hey, fan hold on. as a Husker fan is separate from other parts of my life. I compartmentalize it. Time out. My wife and I, for a spell, did have a really nice Dodge Charger RT that was red. Was it red? Oh, well, that's a sports car. Okay, well, you did not specify, sir. I'm not talking like you're rolling down the road driving a Volkswagen Jetta and it's Husker. (laughs) (laughs) Or around here, the amount of red Silverados you see. It's just like, or it's like people have like Husker rooms in their house. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like their basement's decked out and you know all the memorabilia on the walls and all that stuff and it's like i probably would never even have that you know i mean i so and i'm saying this is a guy who's wearing a husker hat more often than not well and you know like i I got a buddy or you know my wife you know we are friends with a, a couple and he like me is a huge Steelers fan so in their previous house like the the basement which was you know it was a split level home and the basement was kind of the man cave. There was a little bar down there, and that's where he watched the games. But it was, you know, like the the bottom half of the wall or bottom four feet was painted black with the rest of it being gold all around. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But, man, I don't know how you resell that. <laughs> you know, I look, at, I, I look at things from that, you know, you know, somebody comes in and says, oh, I love everything about this house except, man, I really you, – you're going to have to paint those walls. I hate gold. your base. Exactly. Um, so I, I always tried in both in looking for a home and in, you know, when we've, you know, had sold our previous home, I was like, look, neutral colors, let's go neutral colors, not get anything too bold because that's just something that's, you know, not going to stand the test of time. 
Exactly. We we are really same picture. Or John sitting there thinking, "Oh my God, I have a Husker room in my house, and I drive a red Silverado." <laughs> I drove a red Saturn View for many years with a big red N on the side of it. Did you really? Fuck yes. <sighs> I love love the pride. John, love I, must, I drove around sticking my middle finger out the window all the time. John, how many homes have you bought in your adult life? John. We lose oh, what happened? Do you, flip off, do you flip us the bird from the window of his old Saturn view and drive must off? Have, must have. Hey, John, how many homes have you bought in your adult life? How many what? Homes have you bought in your adult life? I've only bought one. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. Some people... If you do it, right, that's all you need. That's fair. We didn't do Unless it Unless right. you're going to buy, like, another vacation home. Where would you buy your vacation home, John? Uh, I don't know. That's not up to me. Belleville, Illinois. Belleville, Illinois. Belleville, Chicago. Oh, good God. Who's buying a fucking vacation home in Illinois? <laughs> well, oh, shit. I'm looking for a house <laughs> in normal Illinois. I just wanted you to be close I, to me, buddy. I don't think I'd spend my money on a vacation home. I would go. I would spend my money traveling to different places around the world and go. staying in Airbnbs for a while. Yeah, I heard uh, Iran is very nice this time of year. Ooh. I didn't think we were going to go there. Too, too much. Well, here, here's where we're at, folks. It is <laughs> January 3rd. Nebraska has we're not, not played in a bowl. Nebraska hasn't played football since uh, the 30th of November. And this is where we're at. We've talked about homes, and we've talked about uh, Alabama tires, and now we've brought uh, current events into this. I, I, I'm I'm grasping at straws. Are you really? There's plenty of football that's happened. There was that whole Ohio State got screwed thing. There, oh, that's true. Did. I was pulling for Clemson, but they got, but Ohio State got screwed. Are. Let, let's talk about that because a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people probably are aware, but, uh, you know, if you're like me and you didn't watch the game live, uh, all I know is that there was what looked like a, at least to me, maybe I did see this part live because I feel like I know a lot about it to set it up. Uh, there is what looked like to the naked eye and it was called on the field as such a completed pass with a fumble ball lying there on the turf, Ohio State defender. Scoops it and scores, and that would have, I believe, made the score with the PAT something like, uh, I want to say twenty-three to three or something like that. I mean, it would have really opened the game up. And with instant replay, they reversed the call, called it an incomplete pass, gave the ball to Clemson, and Clemson's in the college football playoff. You decide, the listeners. You decide. Well, here, here's the thing that got me. They said he didn't make a football move, and he wasn't able to tuck the football away. First off, the way the defender's arms are positioned in making the tackle, the receiver could tuck the ball away, even though he had firm possession of it in his hands. And then he took four fucking steps. He did. I mean, four steps with the ball in his hand before it came out. Like, if that's not a fumble, I don't know what is. Second... J.K. Dobbins catches that quick little wheel route at the goal line. Ball breaks the plane, and then on as he hits the ground, the ball comes out, and they call that incomplete. 
And the rule being what it is, is just a total mess, but it's like, how long you got to hold on to the football after it breaks the plane? You know, this isn't a case of catching the ball in the end zone, balls in the air, you're in the end zone, and never technically like breaks the plane. It's like he caught the ball outside of the plane, broke the plane, was on his way down. The tackle at that point and going to the ground is immaterial once that ball breaks the plane. Yeah, the play's dead. Yeah. You know, it's like, how long you got to hold on to it for? That that The NFL model of what is a catch and what is not a catch becoming pervasive at the college level pisses me off to no end. You'd think, you'd think that all of these conferences would get together in their officiating and at least try to provide some level of consistency because then it, it's fine that you have shitty Pac-12 refs that nobody – should ever have to deal with, and and now they're going to call a college football championship game. But the problem is the Pac-12 refs are doing something. The SEC people are letting arm bars all over the place. The Big and Ten has- about Big Ten refs. Yeah, you have you have this huge disparity, and when these guys go into these games at the end of the season, they're like, "What the hell are the calls here?" And everybody else is That's looking why- at them. What the hell are the calls? If we're going to stick with the bowl system being the overall framework for the college football playoff, we need to come to a point where it's a national centralized body of officiating, not conference officials. Because football, each conference has its different style of play. I mean, when we joined the conference back in 2011, I remember no one knew what pass interference actually was because they would call Nebraska for it, you know whether there was contact or not, you know, like purposeful contact or not. And it was really just the style in which Nebraska played pass coverage. So there just needs to be an overarching, you know, these are the rules. We have a centralized body of officials who enforce it all the same way. But what would college football be without regionalism? It'd be less insane, and then we wouldn't be able to go on like this. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we're still getting entertainment from it in the form of sitting here on January 3rd while Nebraska's not in a bowl game for the third year in a row. That's sad. Yeah, I don't I – don't, I mean, still, you'd think the officiating, they could do something to level that out. You know, I guess each conference is in charge of that. We don't really – there's no college football commissioner – Commissioner, there never really will be, I guess. Uh, I will say this: I want to, while we're on the topic of the Clemson Ohio State game, that was some of the best play calling I have ever seen from Clemson down the stretch in that game. It was an excellent football game. Yeah, I mean, from the start, you could tell Ohio State game plan to take away uh, Travis Etienne and Clemson's tailback running game and. Clemson countered by, you know, targeting the seams downfield in the passing game and using the quarterback as a runner, and that brought him back. It was a great game. Boy, when you're six foot five, you're six foot six, nobody accounts for the fact that every time you take a step, it's like 10 yards. Yeah, it's like Jamal Lord didn't look fast, but he was such a long strider. You know, he covered ground in a hurry, even though he wasn't that tall. He's like 6'2. So LSU Clemson's going to come up. I guess we have another week to talk about that. I was, See, I like I just I have so watched most of the bowl games 
I guess, you know, it's disappointing that Nebraska isn't in a bowl game, but I'm not going to let that get me down because I get knocked down and I get back up again. It's and they're never, never going to keep you down. down. John Dan bouncing down. You take a whiskey drink, you take a chocolate drink. When you have to pee, yeah, you use the exactly. thing. So there's, there's been some, I think, really excellent bowl games. Uh, uh, Miami was I've watched a lot of bowl games this year, and I've had the typical grouse into myself. Oh, we're not in a bowl game for the third year in a row, but that hasn't stopped me from watching bowl games. Joe Burrow looks like God's own quarterback. Let's talk about Bob Diaco getting hired at Purdue. That was oh, – yeah. Well, and that's not, the, that, that's not the uh, only former Nebraska – you know, coordinator picking up a new job in the last week because Tim Beck also landed a new OC gig. Where's he at now? North Carolina State. Thank you. Oh, that's right. That's right. In basketball school, no one cares. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, Bob Diaco goes to Purdue. Nebraska opens against Purdue. Did Bob Diaco get a fair shake at Nebraska? He got as fair of a shake as you can get when you put up those numbers. But he walked into a pretty shitty situation. And, I mean, let's let's not forget that he was here one year and he implemented a new defense without the personnel to run that defense. And then to top it off, he is dealing with a basically a lame duck head coach from the start. I mean... Yeah, Mike Riley won nine games and went to a bowl the year before, but in terms of being a lame duck, in terms of Sean Eichhorst basically rendered Mike Riley into a toothless tiger, taking away all disciplinary, you know, discretion and just basically players, if they didn't want to lift, they didn't have to lift and there, you know, there were no rules and you walked into a situation where not a lot of people are going to be successful. I mean, for that, I would say he didn't get a fair shake. You know, when you consider in totality all that he's putting up with. But by and large, like, those numbers are pretty damn bad, and you can't rationalize them. Okay, to counter that, I would say that he did not get into a very good situation, but he sure as hell didn't do anything to make it any better. No, no, he didn't. I will say, though, the little hissy fit that Lee Barfneck threw about Diaco not talking to the media is still just makes me irate. Mostly just because it's Lee Barfneck. Yeah, we're glad he retired. Yeah. Wait, I miss him so much. I forgot his oh. name until you mentioned it. <laughs> I, I, you know, I've mentioned this before, but I think the unfairness to Bob Diaco is, is uh, when you everybody, if you talk to anybody who was at UConn when he was the head coach there, you got the sense that Bob Diaco really didn't belong in front of the media for any reason, and two, didn't belong as a head coach. And three, and then you bring him in Nebraska, and Lee Barthnick goes, he has to talk to the media because journalism. And then at that point, you go, well, this is over with. Because this guy is going to be, you know, I mean, he might as well have been on acid when he stuck a microphone in front of his face. Diaco. There's no reasonable reason. There's no reasonable reason 
to expect them to get a stop in that situation. You understand what I'm saying? They're feeling the strain. <laughs> as long as we can get one point less or one point more, then we win. The, the thing that got me is I was running errands today, and I was listening to uh, – <coughs> Excuse me. You are excused. I was listening to the Gary Sharp show on 1620. It's a great show. Big fan of Gary Sharp's work. But they were talking about Diaco and just slagging on him for wearing Argyle sweater on the day that he got fired. You know, in the fishbowl that we live in with Nebraska football, especially if you're in the state of Nebraska, everything is scrutinized. But in terms of levels of importance. The fact that somebody wears an Argyle sweater to pick up their walking papers, I could not give a shit less. Does seem like a random fact to address, you know. What, it really does, but it's what? it's very anti Nebraska Argyle. Yeah, I mean it was just like when I heard them talk about that on the radio today, I was like, that's par for the course with the fish. In eighteen eighty eight near Arapaho there were a whole group of settlers slaughtered for wearing Argyle. <laughs> oh, were you leading the slaughtering? <laughs> were you a part of Quantrill's Raiders during the Civil War? They didn't come up that far. Oh, okay. But, yeah, I mean, like, the dude was weird. He was eccentric. But I got no ill will towards him. You know, I don't have any ill will towards former Nebraska coaches. I mean, I hated both. Yeah, he's gone. It's like, all right, you know, vaya con Dios. Good song. I only hope that we beat the living shit out of Purdue in the first game of the next season. That's all I hope. And we score about yeah, 300. Because this two-year losing streak to a team like Purdue is getting pretty fucking old. Plus, we really need to start out the season well. Yeah. Before that murders row stretch that starts on Halloween weekend. Yeah. Well, let's – I mean – it's January, so it's much too early to discuss such things. Eight and four. But let's discuss such things. <laughs> uh, eight and four. Well, that's what you said last year. Yeah, and, you know, we were a handful of plays away from it, plus only counts in horseshoes, hand grenades, and uh, nuclear warfare. But I'm sticking with eight and four still. I just want to say that as I look – at the schedule. I'm pretty uh, dismayed by the positioning of the Iowa game. I don't like that it's in the middle of November. I want, it, I want that to be my Black Friday game, by God. Thanks a lot, Sean Eichhorst. Yeah. Now that's going to go back, what, in 2021 or 22? 22. It okay. goes back. Yeah, like that, that's you know, if there's anyone that Husker fans should always hold some level of disdain for, it's Sean Eichhorst. Of course, for a number of reasons, but you go. I'm just saying, you know, he. If I was actively coaching college football right now and I interviewed with AD, wanted that much power and control and oversight of a college football program. I'd probably walk out of that interview and just tell him, you know what, coach the damn thing yourself. You know, instead of being a pencil pusher, paper pusher, coach the damn thing yourself. Because that's just absolutely insane that somebody in an administrative role wants that much day-to-day oversight over a football program. I think he did that to everyone, didn't he? 
I mean, neutering, effectively neutering your coaching staff from enacting any disciplinary measures for players who aren't, you know, meeting and fulfilling their obligations as a student athlete is just absolutely absurd. Uh, I mean, what the fuck are you trying to do? Have a country club atmosphere? No, I think he was a lawyer. Oh, yeah. I, no, so, and, lawyers and country club atmospheres go hand in hand. Well, you know, the liability would be against, against being sued for some kind of thing that, like, what happened with, well, what's happened at other schools where kids have been. Well, you know, and that's the thing. I, he, he was a little bit too reactionary. Right. You know, it's like uh, those things happen, but when you look at why they happen, you'll see that the pattern of behavior was pretty bad. It was, you know, abuse. It's not abuse is not making a guy do extra running because he didn't show up for lifting or he didn't, you know, put forth max effort. You know, abuse is actual physical abuse or, um, you know, verbal abuse where it crosses a line. You know, football is a, an emotional, passionate game and football coaches yell and swear and get their point across in ways that, you know, make them look like Marine drill instructors, but there's still a point where there's, you know, that doesn't get crossed. The fact that he was so reactionary against a possible lawsuit, it's like you you can't lead from a position of fear. Yeah, Sean, I, of course. (laughs) I 100% agree. Also, I had a lot higher hope for the guy uh, because he's coming. You know, he's he's going to be the office leader of the Big Red, and he's a ginger. So I really thought that he'd be looking out more for uh, Nebraska Cornhusker athletics, and I was very disappointed in that. It's like it's no, like he had no, it's like he had no soul. Jim Delaney said, "Yeah, it's like he sold his soul to Jim Delaney." Well, makes me sad. Anything else, guys? Indeed it does. I think that's about it. Hoss, I know it's Friday night and you've got you've got a, a family shindig you've got to escape to. John, I know you're old and don't have any plans, but maybe you want to, you know, take some Metamucil and go watch some Golden Girls or something? <laughs> hey, maybe I should watch the second half of the Nebraska Rutgers basketball game, you bastards. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. What's the score there? It's Are you going to be watching it? Yes, I am. What, what? Are you going to be watching it from the front seat of your red Saturn view? <laughs> I'm going to go buy another red car next year. <laughs> you do, you, you do, you play on play. I, I think it'd be more effective if you bought a white car and put the red N on the the front doors. Well, right now, supposed to drive a rusting out minivan. What year? What what make a model? I don't know, like a 2003 Dodge. Yeah, that's 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 not going to make it in those Minnesota. <laughs> Do you have a license plate on that says the man van? No. You want I one? don't have any identifying marks on it. Well, all we know is the rust that in the door. I love driving that minivan. Do you know why, boss? Do you know why I like driving that piece of shit? No, no car payment? Yeah. That's number one. Not likely to be stolen? I don't care about that. They could steal it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What, what's the big reason? You're leaving us hanging. Because I, I don't fucking care. Huh? Huh? 
You know what happens when I change lanes? I drive it like a sports car. <laughs> I put my blinker on. I look at the guy in the fucking Mercedes next to me, and I just pull over. I don't go, oh, could you give me room? I just go, I know who's moving in this argument. The guy dry, driving an Audi A5 or whatever it is. I don't have to worry about these things. I drive it in shitty weather. I don't care if I slide the thing. I and if I that. happen to wreck it, I just go buy another disposable car. Well, we're all disposable in this life, John. Oh, no. Not you, Haas. Thank you. <laughs> I really thought he was going to follow that up with something, but he just stopped. Um, yeah, he just stopped. That's why I was just like, thank you. Okay. Well, one thing's for sure. Father Time don't do no jobs. <laughs> and uh, Santa Claus doesn't visit the funeral home. Nope. But uh, he visited our house. That phrase. From Home Alone. Okay. Hey, there is one more thing to talk about. Okay. All right. Were you home alone? There's there's drones over Nebraska. I saw that. I saw something about that. John, do you care to share? No, I just, you know, it's kind of weird. I, I go on my Facebook page and... You know, there's people in my hometown posting all these things about all these drones they're seeing all over the place. Is Chet from Arapahoe talking about he's going to take out his thirty thirty and shoot one down? <laughs> well, that's kind of close to that, yeah. <laughs> We're really alienating the western half of the state. <laughs> we are. I mean, you know, I was I was at work again today, and I, I was telling the guys I worked with that, uh, yes, we shot everything when I grew up in western Nebraska. We, we literally shot at everything we could. We were bored and we had guns. We shot everything. Except That's each a, other. Well, yeah. Because you were well, John probably knows where a few shallow graves are. Well, but I, I, I posted this story. I asked people if they knew what the drones over Nebraska were about. And somebody actually came into uh, one of our Flakes articles and said that they are contracted by people to go out and check power lines. And then somebody else said, yes, I have done infrared thermography with my drones, and I go into manufacturing plants, and I look around at the plants at power centers, and we can find all of the electrical faults in very quick time frames. So I thought that was very interesting. I guess nobody, maybe nobody else thinks that's interesting. No, I think that's actually really cool. Maybe they're looking for recruits. Scott Frost is just sitting in North Stadium on a, you know, controlling a drone, looking for the next, you know, Randy Gregory out in western Nebraska. Yeah, could be. Find him with infrared. Let Big me, infrared. Uh, I'm glad we mentioned western Nebraska. Before we go, I want to talk briefly about Garrett and Nelson. Can we do that? Sure. Did you get a customized jersey for Christmas? I did not. Um, but I recently heard him described on another podcast. I'm not going to mention who they are, but uh, they were, yeah, I wasn't going to, but you can. Well, they uh, go off on this tirade about not tweeting at recruits yet. They're having conversations with 18 to 22 year olds. No, no, no. Ryan, Ryan might be on a watch list. So. <laughs> No, uh, but they they referenced him uh, as you know Garrett Nelson as five heart, and first of all gimmick infringement. Um, but you know be 
they they were talking with I think uh, Gary Sharp's on air radio buddy uh, Matt Verzel, former Husker. Uh, oh yeah. Um, and they were just talking about you know his his motor and how he's you know always you know giving everything he can every play and and look he's you know what do he end up being a four star kid? Uh, I, you know I'm not quite sure. Well, regardless, I mean. He saw a lot of playing time as a true freshman. Um, is is a Husker through and through, and I mean that because you know he's he's a Western Nebraska kid. Um, you know, born and, and raised, and you know, I don't think there was ever any doubt. You know, as, as his high school career, you know, if, I don't want to say evolved, but you know, continued, and he showed promise. He was always going to be a Husker. Is there? I I feel like it. You know, as a junior and senior, he's got that you know locker room leader capability because I think he'll he'll you know be that on the field you know general. Uh, but is is there a place? And I, I'm trying to figure out how to word this. Um, but is there a place in in the locker room in any locker room in, you know, 2020 now, uh, for a super rah, rah guy like that, who, you know, just, I, I, I'm trying to think of the movie. Oh, hell, uh, Rudy, uh, where, you know, the Rudy's giving it all. And, and, you know, his, one of his other, uh, teammates is like, you're, you're John Wayne bullshits, you know, getting pretty tired. Uh, is there a place in, in the locker room in this day and age for, for that type of mentality? Well, I think when you have a team that by and large has failed to really uh, be energetic and enthusiastic when it comes to doing the little things to be successful, I definitely think that that has a place in today's locker room. I don't think you can live without it. Yeah, I think you got to have the party starters. You have to have that guy that basically is going to destroy everybody. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. We just went through this big, the 10 worst moments and the best 10 best moments in the last decade. And you think about Amir Abdullah and the type of player he was. I mean, he rescued games. And we don't have that. We didn't have it all year. You no, want to look at guys, you got guys who could potentially become that, but right, but they didn't have it, and they have to find it. And if they don't find it, we're going to be right back in the same situation we were last year. And it doesn't have to be the fucking quarterback, but they got to have somebody on both sides of the ball that's going to be the guy that says we're not losing this game, and even if we do, I'd have to kill all of you. So. Here, here. Uh, real quick before we go. Uh, John, would you like to address the uh, coronation readers and the Five Heart listeners? Uh, a lot of them maybe missed some aspects of the uh, you know ten best and ten worst you know moments of, of the decade, uh, particularly the public voting aspect of it. Uh, there was a lot of a lot of heat uh, online, a lot of angry. Uh, you know, as I like to call them, the vocal minority, um, when I, I guess maybe they, they took uh, umbrage with the fact that that uh, the 
the tragic passing of Sam Foltz wasn't number one on the worst, you know, Husker football. Maybe missing the point that it was a, a, a poll. Uh, and you just want to respond to any of them? Yeah, I would. I guess as the guy that runs the website, I kind of looked at that and went, you know, I could just overrule this and say we could change this. And then I thought, you know what? I, because I, uh, I did, I did debate that, and I thought, you know, at the same time. This is how people voted, and I I really got to look at this and say, uh, are we that desperate for winning football that we would choose that way? Maybe it's a statement about us, you know. Maybe that's this existential thing, and I I left it the way it was, and and I got a fair amount. We did, and I got a fair amount of crap for it because people thought we were very callous, and you know, in a in a way they were right, and in a way, it's us that's kind of callous because we did pick two moments by Wisconsin in which Wisconsin kicked our ass over the death of somebody's child that was close to a lot of the teams. And I, and I, and don't forget that uh, in that accident, Michigan State Mike, uh, Mike Saville was killed as well. So could I have changed that? Yeah. Uh, did I? No. I guess maybe there's a lesson to be learned. But I think really people look at this stuff and then – Something else happens tomorrow, and Twitter screams about something. We all just go on with our lives. So, but for uh, you know, this now is uh, on our website for the rest of that website's existence. So, if you ever want to look back and say, "Wow, we were really kind of desperate back in 2019," there you go. All right, there you go. Uh, I'm uh, very pleased with that response, and. Uh, Sorry if we offended any of you out there. Just remember, when we open up a poll, why don't you uh, be more active on it? Therefore, we don't have to have conversations like this in the future. That'll do it, I think, for this episode of the Five Heart Podcast. We do appreciate you uh, listening. And, hey, this is going to drop late Friday. So as soon as we're done recording this, you're going to get it Friday night. It's a little unusual, but... We like to record, or we like to have these things drop on Friday. So, hopefully, you're enjoying it. If you're staying up late waiting for the Five Heart Podcast, saying, "All right," you know, like they used to say back in the '80s and '90s, "I want my MTV. I want my Five Heart Pod." Well, you're welcome. Uh, any any of your favorite podcast apps like Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, Podbean. Uh, make sure that you uh, join us in the conversation on uh, Facebook and Twitter at uh, Five Heart Podcaster at Coronation. For myself, Greg Mahachko, for Haas Reuter, for John Dam Johnston, we thank you for listening. We wish you a happy new year, and we remind you this week and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need. John? Go Big Red and get some points in the paint, for God's sake. Win the damn offseason. <laughs>